Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 152. I want to thank you for taking the time to join me on this episode. I pray that it's a blessing. And before we jump right in, um, I do want to take just a moment to uh, remind you if um, there are particular questions or topics, scriptures that you have questions on or you would like for me to perhaps discuss further, you can send me those questions or requests at the Bible Study Podcasts. That's with an S at gmail.com. It's the name of the podcast at gmail.com. You can send those over to me with your questions or whatever you would like for me to look into further. Uh, maybe I can share those in a, a hopefully timely manner and get back back to you um, as listeners. The next thing I want to mention is uh, do, re- do remember I have written some, some books. They are available through Amazon. I've just self-published those. Um, they're paperback versions and Kindle also available. Uh, so you can find the links to those on the episode description notes. And then also lastly, there is uh, Facebook and a discussion group that's available that you can find the links for that as well. Um, this will just help you kind of stay attuned to any new thing that might be rolling out. Um, so just keep an eye on those things. Uh, so hopefully they will be useful and beneficial to you in your pursuit of of learning and exploring all that God has made available. Uh, so we'll just jump right into it. Today is perhaps maybe more of a discussion or thought that I just want to share regarding um maybe a change in perspective that I've had here recently, and it it centers around particular scripture. You may be familiar with it. Um, it is from Matthew chapter 13, verse 58, and the, the verse reads, and he, that's speaking of Jesus, did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Now, just a little context in that particular sentence. The people here are coming in his home. They're in his hometown, and Jesus is teaching the people in their synagogue. And these people are amazed, and and some particularly ask, "Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers?" And then they remember. Isn't this the the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother Mary and aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all of his sisters here with us? Where did this man get all these things? And so they took offense at him. And then Jesus says the very uh, profound and uh, typical thing that we even experience in our day. He says, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town and in his own home. The people here are offended at the fact that, well, they know this man very well. And to to them, he's just this ordinary man that they've taken for granted perhaps all these 30 years. And so this 
particular verse in verse 58, and he, Jesus, did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Now, I've attributed this verse for some time now to just mean that Jesus could not do mighty works because of unbelief, as though it was the people's unbelief that limited in some mysterious capacity what Jesus could do. Now, before you so quickly shake your head and how could one think this way, don't be so quick to judge. The Bible is actually riddled with proof texts that it's through faith that healing was received. Similarly, salvation itself is received by grace through faith. And then also we read in Mark chapter 6, verses 5 through 6, we read that he, Jesus, could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. So Mark says that Jesus could not do And Matthew tells us that Jesus did not do. Now, what I'm wondering and considering is, could this mean that Jesus did not or could not do mighty works or miracles because people's unbelief rather postured them in such a way as not to receive it? Simply put, people could not receive because they were not available. Not just absent in the space, but a failure to posture themselves to receive it. Now let me illustrate these different scenarios. Now let's imagine Jesus was to come up to you and ask, Do you believe the Son of Man can set you free from, say, cancer? And your response is yes, and he prays for you, and nothing changes. Then come to find out it was your unbelief that was the prohibiting factor in the failure to receive the healing. Okay, that is scenario one. Scenario two would be that you never believe to begin with that Jesus, the Son of Man, who is who he says he is, and your unbelief causes you to not even make the opportunity to receive healing. Now, I think scenario number one is what we see most in our day. That is to say, we, we say or we affirm our belief or our faith, and then we sit there waiting to receive that which we have faith for. So I think scenario number one is what we see most in our day, and, and sadly, many of those with what, what they would call faith to receive, many of those do not receive, or at least what we, what we may think of in the tangible way. And so I think scenario number one is what we see most in our day, and so we project that as to the meaning of the texts. 
Now, when I believe, it's actually more like scenario two. The unbelief of the people caused their posture to not be conducive to making space for Jesus to move about them in mighty works. I'm going to say that again because I think that that more encapsulates what I'm trying to get at. I believe their unbelief caused their posture to not be conducive to making space for Jesus to move about them. I think that is I think that's the key here as to, to best understand what's happening in that the in, happening inside the particularities of this scripture. He did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. And then also, like Mark said, he could not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. If we cling to scenario number one as the issue, that is to say that we affirm our faith, but we don't receive it, therefore... Our faith wasn't sufficient to receive, and therefore Jesus is somehow limited in what he can do that's dependent upon our appropriate measure of faith. If we cling to that scenario as the issue, then we make Jesus' power dependent upon us. That's scarily me-centered. If Jesus' power is dependent upon me or upon you, we have a major problem. Because by very definition, all powerful means no limit. If he's limited, this contradicts the very defining quality characteristic of God. How can an infinite being be limited by a finite being? Now, without question, though, there is a partnership that occurs between God and humanity. We've seen that going all the way back to Adam and Eve and moving forward through Scripture. There is a somewhat mysterious reality of what God desires to to do or accomplish and God's will across the earth. There is something quite profound happening there that we that we are just unable to define. I mean, it's not God's will that any should perish, but for sure people perish, and for sure people perish apart, disconnected from the reality of what he made available through Jesus. This reality does exist, but it's not God's will. Now, that should cause you to scratch your head for a moment and and just consider what what are what's at work here and and you know perhaps it's a mystery too grand for us to to get a, a a fair conclusion on and too many times we come to these difficult places and we create doctrine and theology around things that are too marvelous for us to to wrap our minds around and so what we've done inadvertently is create false doctrines and false ideologies and false theologies of God that inadequately describe him and and you know dare I say we we then we 
we put a blemish upon the nature of God, the 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 mystery of God. You know, there is there is something to be discovered in the mysteriousness of God. But the minute that the minute that we come to a conclusion that we figured it it all out, that's that's the dangerous moment in which we encounter we we fall into quite a bit of error where we are invited to come up into a journey of discovering god he he makes himself available by revealing his mysteries by his holy spirit as we walk in unison and oneness with the father the son the holy spirit we are invited on a journey of discovery but no no less than are we invited on a journey we are also in our limited capacity unable to reach the end of a infinite god we as finite beings could not possibly in this life and in this state reach confirming and concluding conclusions about one who is so other than us we we must elevate our perceptions and our conceptions of god so and to consider as we said through scripture there is something wonderful to learn on faith and the ability to uh, by faith receive things we may not have had access to before it is it is not to diminish these things that i bring to you this consideration i think too often we we are eager or quick to assign blame to others when the majority if not all of the issue lies within our own heart for example um, i was speaking to a a friend of mine and we were having a discussion about when when mixed company that is to say those who are eagerly seeking after god and those who maybe let's call them clock watchers they they are watching their clocks through the pursuit of god um, or at least the appearance of it and and so there's they are very different individuals clock watchers and those who are seeking god eagerly when they get into a room they share a space and they are going after god's quote so to speak the uh, the friend of mine proposes that that we are actually limited to how we can obtain or lay hold of god because of of that mixture in the room and i think this is the error that we fall into when we cling to this and let me just be clear i, I i've clung i have clung to this very thinking that Jesus could not do any miracles there because of their unbelief, as though that we cap somehow God's uh, God's grace or His capacity. 
And so this mixture of the room affecting the, let's say, atmosphere of the place or the way in which we may lay hold of God. I've had this mentality, but I, but I do not believe that to be accurate because in those moments, and I've shared those moments before, you're pressing in after God and not everyone is pursuing God. And you can just feel there is a difference in the room. There is an availability, so to speak. But, but I think that the issue lies within my own heart that I'm allowing my situation or my circumstance, that which is going on around me, to affect the the way I obtain or lay hold of God. I think the failure of faith in the room is more so an issue of the faith that I have inside of my own heart. It's obstacles that I must overcome to lay hold of God. I think the disconnect lies in how I process the room internally, not just a matter of what's what others are doing or not doing. So what I'm coming to be more sure of is that it is our unbelief is what's limiting God in the way that we are not present to make room for His mighty work. Now, one final example to try to illustrate this difference here in the text, if if you know by word of mouth that I am handing out $1 million to people that I interact with, and if you know that I'm in town, then it's two different issues that issue – here's issue number one. When we interact, you don't believe strongly enough that I'm able to, and therefore you don't receive. That's issue number one. Compared to issue number two, you don't come out of your town and seek me, find me, and come to me. You see those two issues? Issue number one depends on how strong that you believe that I'm able to do this. Issue number two depends on your availability, your posture to receive. Issue number two reveals that you don't believe and therefore you don't make space for the opportunity. Both issues one and two have faith at its core problem, but issue number one deals with the amount of faith, but issue number two deals with the response to faith. And there, I think, lies the key. It's the response to faith. Jesus clarifies in another setting in Matthew 17, 20, that the disciples could not cast out the demon from the boy because, quote, of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. A mustard seed is one of the smallest seeds, but becomes so large that birds can lodge under its shadow. You see, it's not a size issue. It's a response issue. I believe that this perspective best aligns with Scripture, reconciles with other Scriptures, and aligns best with the character and ability of God Himself. Well, I pray that this was a benefit to you. Maybe open your eyes to a new perspective regarding these scriptures and that they are an encouragement to you that it's not the size of the faith, it's the response of the faith. So I bless you. Thank you. And until next time, God bless. If it means that I'm close to you.
Lifetimes for a moment here with you 